ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Friday, December 11th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can be a part of the program by calling the Miller Lake phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the original light beer. So, ladies and gentlemen, first of all, it's unofficial, but it's going to be official soon. I want to congratulate your East Division Marshall University Thundering Herd East Division champions as yesterday we we're all watching. Yes, we were all watching FAU and Southern Miss and Southern Miss beat FAU 45 to 31 season final for both teams. You know why it's the season final? Because FAU lost and that means there's no way we can't even make an argument now for him to be in the conference USA championship game. That that argument's over. Two loss FAU in conference, four and two. Four and one's better than four and two. So Marshall, which anyway was going to be the East Division champ, is the East Division champ, unless some crazy math comes out here. And I don't see that happening. It's not official yet. The conference hasn't declared it, but let's just go ahead and say it right now. Uh, Marshall University. Your East Division 2020 champions. Waiting to see what the conference says. I don't know if there's going to be any reshuffling, any any kind of schedule reworking, whatever. All I know is this. Uh, hopefully the herd will be ready to play next week. We wouldn't even be on the air with this show right now if it wasn't for the fact that we usually would have our pregame we will be talking about Marshall and Charlotte. Unfortunately, can't do that. So uh, we're here until 6 o'clock doing our show. Coming up on the program today, we're going to talk with Rob Cornelius from Ohio University's Basketball Radio Network. So Ohio coming into the Henderson Center. That is going to be set for 2 p.m. The game broadcast right here. You can get it on CUSA TV, but why you do, why you want to do that? You can You can listen to it right here. Or you can buy that and then sync it up with Steve Cotton. That would probably be the best thing to do. So the Herd in action against, I think, a very good Ohio team. Ohio 4-1 on the season. Wins against Chicago State. North Carolina A&T. Lost a tight one against number 8 Illinois. 77-75. And then... Just took it out, took the frustration out on Cleveland State, just destroyed them. 101 46. Ohio goes on a 40 to nothing scoring run, spanning halftime, setting records. That's an NCAA record for a game involving two Division I men's basketball teams. And of course, you get this tune up for the herd against Purdue Northwest. 92-72. So now you've got Marshall, Ohio. This game is important uh, coming up. Rob will give us sort of the breakdown, the lowdown, if you will, on what Cleveland State brings into. I'm sorry. Well, you know what? I, I want to find out what Cleveland State brings here as well. But what the Bobcats bring into this. 
See, I'm, I'm still looking at my notes. I got my notes uh, for this one. I got my eye on that Cleveland State score. I'm just looking at that still. What happened there? Did Cleveland State just fall asleep? Did did they just walk off the court and come back? Did they forget they were playing a game? What happened there? So that's what Rob's going to do for us. He'll uh, come in and uh, we'll talk about that. And of course, we'll get your phone calls in 877-420-TALK 877-420-8255 to be a part of this one today. Uh, We've got of course, basketball on Sunday. That means if you're a Bengals fan, let me tell you now, if you're a Bengals fan and you want to listen to the game, you're going to have to do it on Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. You're going to have to do it on the radio on Cat Sports. I haven't looked ahead. I don't know if it's on TV or not, but we've got the Marshall game on Sunday. So if you've got Sunday ticket, you can, of course, tape that. You can listen to the radio feed Again, on Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. No one's really talking about this game. I uh, I got some scouting notes from ESPN, just kind of looking ahead to see what they were talking about, and I got two bullet points on this. Well, we'll tell you what those bullet points are later. That's going to be its own 30-second segment right there. But our show consists of Marshall basketball today. Ohio coming in to the Henderson Center to take on the Thundering Herd. A couple of players we're going to focus on with Rob. Jason Preston, circle his name. He's going to be a big factor in this one. And then they've got a pretty nice forward, Dwight Wilson the third. He's somebody to keep an eye on as well. And Rob's going to give us uh, the, the lowdown on what you should be looking out for, what the Bobcats will bring into the Henderson Center. So, Friend of the program, Rob Cornelius, when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. The Drive with Paul Swan. Marshall Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. He knows. Paul's the best. On ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Thundering Herd improving to 3-0 after defeating College of Charleston 84-72 on Wednesday night. Back at home at the Cam Henderson Center, four-game homestand. It begins with Ohio on Sunday, 2 p.m. The game broadcast on CUSA TV and right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 9:30. The Bobcats come into the Cam Henderson Center with a four and one record. And to tell us more about the Bobcats and pretty much fill the entirety of this program as well is longtime color analyst and considered to be the very best color analyst in the Mid-American Conference, Rob Cornelius, with us on the program now. Also, what, uh, Ohio Valley Broadcaster of the Year, what, 15 years running? Is that a thing? If that was an award they had, I know there's a regional Emmy that's essentially a, an Ohio Valley thing. It's run out of Louisville, but I think uh, some of our people can apply for awards there. So that'd be the awards. So, yeah, we can say that. We, we can go with something like that. We were nominated for something like that once. You, man. How you doing? It's been a while since we talked. Last time we spoke, it, it, it really, it really has. Because what? Well, we we talked at some point about how the MAC tournament came to a crashing basketball halt back in March, and then we all have basically done things in our house and done home home improvement projects and leaves and not gone places on and off for eight or nine months. So uh, it's been kind of a weird, boring, uh, boring summer and fall. Haven't played enough football. I'll tell you that. Um, you could have come work here. Uh, we've been working every day since the pandemic. We were deemed essential you know, if, employees. 
Well, you know, yeah, if, if you need substitute help, I don't think there's any uh, legal, anything legally keeping me from working at uh, Curtin or Anchor, whatever you guys are calling it there. But no, you guys run a good operation. Just, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll blow a little smoke up you right there. But uh, you guys do good community radio, um, and I love appearing on you guys. And I used to appear some across town, and that's not community radio. So you guys do great work. Keep it up. Make sure you guys keep paying the bills, selling the ads, and a lot of good people working that building with you. Rob Cornelius, we're hiring him tomorrow as a uh, sales rep, so uh, we'll get his phone number out to you. You can buy uh, you can buy radio advertising directly from Rob, and it all benefits it gets us results. here. Yeah, it gets results. It, it does. Results. Uh, let's put it this way: um, if I um, if I ever wonder about if this show yeah. gets results, uh, I'll just say something wrong, and I'll hear about it. So. Right, and that means people are listening. If they want to call and correct you and then demonstrate how much smarter or better they are, uh, again, if you think you know what you're doing, come on down here and host it yourself. But, yeah, like that. Rob Cornelius <laughs> with me. I love this guy. Uh, I love you, man, uh, always, um, because uh, you have a great positive attitude, and, of course, uh, you know what you're talking about because I'm just going to be picking your brain for the next uh, few minutes here on the Bobcats. Sure. Uh, first of all, we have to talk about – it's out of sequence here. This was game number four. Was this sort of after that Ohio game against Illinois where by all rights and by talking to people anecdotally who actually watched it, the Bob- Bobcats should have won that game? Well, Bobcats outplayed Illinois um, by far. Played a great game. Were, you know, um, a 17, 18-point underdog, you know, before the thing. No one thought it would be close at all. And Ohio, you really couldn't tell what Ohio was bringing to the table. I mean, obviously, we watched them last year every game and knew this was a developing a team was getting better and getting better fast. But when they played, went out to Illinois and played in that what was supposed to be a tournament, what just becomes a round robin with everyone just kind of sick and needing games. First two games, you'd play Chicago State, who is one of the five or six worst teams in D1, completely irrelevant games. You didn't learn anything there. You played North Carolina A&T and you beat them, but again, that's not exactly one of the, one of the top teams. And Illinois, um, you know, you've seen obviously beat Duke since, but they looked pretty competent uh, before that. And Ohio took them the wire, and you're right, probably should have won that game. It was reminiscent in terms of needing one or two possessions back of Ohio's time in the NCAA tournament in 2012, and a super close loss to North Carolina. You're like, on paper, this shouldn't be happening, but Ohio never looked out of place, never really got behind, led the, led the whole thing, and created kind of a new celebrity. Look, everyone's looking for nice stories right now. And Jason Preston has had one of the best weeks of media an Ohio player or Mac player has probably ever had. He's a national story now. Um, you know, Ohio point guard, and you know, you've probably seen the coverage. You'll hear about it again in our show um, this weekend with the, with the Marshall game coming up on Sunday. But Jason Preston's a guy who went from you know basically missing parents, having his mom die, living in Jamaica, showing up in Orlando to live with a friend of hers and relatives, and being a guy who was very lightly regarded in high school, like average two to a game, barely saw the floor. But stuck around, figured out uh, some guys in AAU spotted him, convinced him to go to a go to a prep school for a year. And even there, he was buried. He was on the, the JV of the JV. And somehow, he got his growth late. He figured out how to be a great passer and went from an unrecruited guy to a guy recruited by you know Ohio and Longwood solely, nobody else, to now a guy who's probably going to get paid to play for a long time after he's done at Ohio University. Yeah, looking at him, and I'll be honest, we're all looking at him. Players are looking at him for Marshall. They're aware of him. They 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 know who he is now. If not before, they definitely do now. Uh, young man is uh, averaging over 19 points a contest. To your point, over eight assists a game. He is uh, rebounding over six. 
does this team start and end with him, or is he just the front man for a pretty good band? He makes he makes everybody better. You almost sometimes want him to be more of a focus and be more aggressive taking the ball because he can go places with the dribble, with his length, with his moves. He can go places nobody else in our league can go on the floor. So sometimes you want him to be more selfish, but he's so good at getting out there and involving everybody, having that that mindset. He doesn't care if he scores. You know, a guy who doesn't care if he has two points, but he's more more worried if he has, say, 10 assists and two, uh, two turns. He's a guy who's thrown up some 10 over zero, 11 over one kind of games. That's typical. You don't expect him to make mistakes. And he's on the floor so much. That's maybe the difference in this year's team. Last year, he was one of the top five players in the country in minutes played. And I don't just mean like raw minutes as in, you know, 2,400 minutes or some, some number like that. He played a higher percentage of his team's minutes than pretty much anybody in the country last year. In overtime games, he'd play 45. You know, in regular games, he'd play, you know, the, the 39 plus or the 40. He never got off the floor. And that's the difference in this year's team. This Ohio team is better. There's more depth. There's more guys who can play. Um, you've seen a team, obviously Jeff Bowles, a guy who was in a system with you guys in Marshall for, for a while and has some folks that he's still a little beloved in Huntington. He likes the place. But he has improved the roster. Um, there's a lot more up to the guys who are bigger now. We look much better getting off the bus. It was a different style of ball we played under Saul Phillips. He was a good coach, and we, we miss him in a lot of respects. But we're doing some different things now. Jeff Bowles comes from when the Mac was big boys, when he played alongside Gary Trent and guys who wanted to go out there and rebound every, you know, every down, so to speak. And that's the difference with Ohio this year. You've added two new faces who are basically just designated rebounders, designated guys who want to go out and do a, a Brandon Hunter type job. Um, you know, one, a guy from, uh, from Angola, um, and another guy from Florida by way of James Madison. And you've added a bunch of rebounding, a bunch of toughness, and a bunch of uh, what are called wits to this Ohio team. So now you're not relying on Preston and Ben Vanderplas to go get all these boards and stack all the numbers. They can worry more about offense while guys like Dwight Wilson, this James Madison transfer, and Rife and Miguel, uh, the Angolan kid from junior college, they can basically go in there and just clean up and get every possession back. Essentially, every defensive rebound they can grab is, a, is another possession. And, you know, Marshall wants to play a million possessions. So that's where the rubber's going to meet the road. Is Ohio's rebounding and size difference going to be helpful against a Marshall team that still plays a lot of four small, five smalls out there? Well, there's one guy that might be a little smaller than some of the other herd players. I'm pretty sure you're familiar with him, Jared West. And he uses that to his, his advantage. Dad, his dad was a thing. Yeah, I remember, his, remember his dad beat Huggins and made everyone from WVU cry that one year? Um, remember that thing? Um, I don't know if his dad made uh, Huggins cry uh, or not. I don't know. It was in Boise, and things happen in Boise. People cry. There's not as much not as much video coverage back then. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if uh, – but uh, Jared definitely um, – he knows he's got the assignment. I believe he's going to be on Preston, and that's going to be a fun matchup, I think, between Jared West. Uh, the kid loves to play defense, and Jason Preston, and obviously he looks like he can do everything out there. Yeah, and West, I mean, obviously steals machine for you guys. What, he finally broke the what the Skip Henderson number? I was listening to your game two or a couple games ago and uh, and got wind of that. And he's just a, he's just a solid all-around player. Pre- hard part for Preston, with, with Preston, for a guy like West, is Preston is, is a taller, lengthier guy. And what you see in these first couple weeks, obviously, you know, um, Marshall coaches have the tape, they've seen it too, is Ohio has played some now with Preston off the ball. Um, and that's really created matchup issues. You come out there with Miles Brown, your backup point guard, who's a sophomore, but essentially playing 
those two guys in the back and playing Preston off the ball creates another really, really, really difficult matchup. So it's me curious to see how he, you know, drags West around away from the ball toward the basket. A lot of inverted stuff. You see Ohio going to the post sometimes early with Preston in possession. So you've got more more options, and you're also ending more possessions. You know, when Ohio was smaller and more perimeter oriented, like Marshall, a big a big you know big boy team coming out rebound you and uh, you know end things on you pretty quickly. Now Ohio is trying to do that to teams. You know, I know this is the wide open era where all everybody thinks they're a you know, six foot twelve face up athletic swingman. Ohio is basically coming to play now with a designated rebounder or two on the floor every time, and that's uh, that's just the real difference. This is big boy basketball. But Ohio hasn't slowed it down. It really hasn't changed their style. It just made them made them effectively better and effectively a deeper roster. I'll be curious to see how much Marshall pace wise. I mean, it looks like you guys are playing fast, although. Um, yeah, top 12 in the country in tempo. And look at your numbers right now. So I guess that hasn't stopped. You've won every game by, by a teens amount, 14, 16, 18. I mean, those are decent wins. I know Arkansas State's terrible, uh, but that Charleston win's pretty good. Is that those Ken Palm numbers you're paying for? You know. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm looking for that. I, I, I paid I, I paid my Netflix fee to them because I went through years. I used something called Basketball State, and then they redid all their stuff last year and actually became pretty unusable. But, uh, no, this has always been good. I mean, I used to play in a fantasy league uh, about 20 years of college, and it made you learn all these numbers and actually care about all these rate stats now. But, uh, no, I mean, Marshall's just fun. Um, that's, that's, that's the issue. You know, it's, you guys were, I think, blessed a few years ago when you had Penova and some guys who weren't necessarily what you expected. Uh, now you're doing it, you know, a little differently. But it's, it's fun to watch. I look forward to this game. Again, why not play it twice? And at this point, honestly, we might in December. I mean, the Ohio game we played yesterday against, I believe it's Purdue hyphenated directional Northwest, which is a regional campus of Purdue up uh, up in Northwest Indiana, as, as the name would imply. They're a D two school, but we put that whole thing together in like thirty eight hours. Like we were we were joshing back and forth with our GA on like uh, Tuesday afternoon, still looking for a game, like literally looking for names of coaches and people in the area that were free to play, and then we played yesterday. Um, so that's how things are going. That's I mean, what Huggins did. He threw together that North Texas game real fast today. They played in at WVU. I won't be surprised. I'm not saying it'll happen. But, I mean, you know, Ohio and Marshall are close. If everybody's not sick, we might just throw one another one together. Why not? Tell Hammer to do that. You know, he, he is a big fan of mine, so he might do that if I ask him. Well, nicely. I'm just saying, I mean, I mean, look, everything is kind of being – I mean, you saw these high school football games start. A team would, like, leave Martinsburg, kind of to Huntington, and mid-trip switch to play someplace else. You, this is going to keep happening. And I don't think you're going to see a full shutdown because everybody's sick because I mean, there's 360 teams or whatever now. You can't have everybody shut down. That's not going to happen. But you're going to see some real weird stuff happen on the fly, and it's going to continue to happen. So, again, Marshall throwing together an extra game on no notice with Ohio, Moorhead, EK, someone else you know, within a van ride away probably should, should be happening. You mentioned that West Virginia game, defeating North Texas not that long ago, Coliseum, 62-50. Yeah, great, great early second half. 16-0 out of the break to beat him after looking just awful. And Sheboy didn't play. I don't think Huggins was mad at him or something, but he didn't play a big chunk of the game. You know, that was a fun one to uh, to keep an eye on just because, you know, you're playing North Texas. Not someone close, not someone local. No, out of Denton, Texas, North Texas, to your point, going up to, to Morgantown because they needed a game. Yeah, again, no, no, that's good. You, know, you can fly out of Dallas so you can get a commercial – pretty easily uh obviously that's the other thing it's like with all these things being rescheduled football and basketball you know the charters you planned four months ahead have already been canceled you can't re-rack those on a day's notice it's not not inexpensively you know for ohio football i mean obviously you guys have been 
jerked around all over the place with games being canceled, you know, in and around Huntington, what you guys, Tulsa in theory is the next game, we're done. Um, you know, we've we've now missed missed a few. We're going to miss uh, miss another one this weekend. I'm pretty much like our season's over. Rob Cornelius so. you're joining us. Um, the Bobcats are coming into Huntington Sunday. It's a 2 o'clock tip. We'll have it for you right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Um Let's talk a little bit. Of, let's go back a second before we uh, we move forward here, because you see what the Bobcats are made of with that Illinois game, and then were the Bobcats just mad and took it out on Cleveland State? What's the deal there? I mean, forty to nothing. I mean, you, you want to share the ball now and then, right? Yeah, no, that that that, that was interesting. It's funny. I'm Preston thing, and then Ohio goes out against Cleveland State in in a home in home game. Uh, first one of those. Cleveland State, the team's frankly given Ohio trouble through the years. Um, but Ohio wins that one by 55 points, goes on a 40 to nothing run, which is apparently, best that anyone could tell, a record streak in a D1 game, a D1 versus D1 um, game. Cleveland State's not good, but they're not that bad. They were missing their best player that day. They play in a good league. I mean, it's not like they're, you know, 350 RPI. They're not the worst team in the country. But Ohio just couldn't, couldn't be stopped, and a lot was rebounding. You know, in that game, the funny thing is you're going to look down at that box score and see Ohio score 101 win by 50-plus, it wasn't like they went 90% from three. They shot not very well, again, from one, from the free-throw line. It was just being efficient and getting good two after good two after good two uh, and not giving up the ball, always getting the ball back rebounding-wise. Huge rebounding advantage. Um, and, yeah, that's what Ohio did. Ohio had a rebounding advantage most of that game against Illinois. Um, and Illinois, you saw what they did to Duke the other, the other night. You know, by transitive property of basketball, that's really, really impressive. Um you know, you, you look at that, Just it, Marshall is an interesting matchup for Ohio, and it's funny about Marshall in both football and basketball. One team or the other will, I don't use the word waste, but will burn one of their best efforts of the year in that game, football or basketball. There have been years where Ohio wasn't very good, but we come out and just punch Marshall in the mouth and win that one in football. And the same thing in basketball. You're not expecting it, and someone goes out and just you know puts a, puts a 90 up on somebody and whips them. Or you get a really, really exciting um, overtime game. Again, it's it's competitive I don't think you can mandate playing it twice in basketball, but I mean, a lot of folks would, would really enjoy that. And for strength of schedule purposes, and especially this year, you've got the schedule cut way back. I mean, everyone's, no one's playing, no one's going to get to 30 games or whatever, not even close. So it, it's one of those things where a loose or an extra non conference game um, has a lot more meaning. And I think Ohio is probably looking. You know, Ohio's Mississippi Valley State's already bailed out of a game. Uh, we had scheduled with them, I guess, a week from, a week from today. That's gone. So I think everyone's just kind of like loosely looking for other other things to play, other things to do, and I think that would behoove Marshall um, to do the same thing. I like this game Marshall's coming up if it's still going to happen. Uh, Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa uh, hasn't been great in a while in Missouri Valley, but um, they're pretty good on paper. That one after Ohio and Toledo, that's a pretty good game coming up for you guys in, I guess, eight days. We don't know if it's going to get played. You're right. It's everything's so fluid. Yep. But we're pretty sure we're crossing our fingers here. No problems here. I ask that question every day. Is the game on? And so far, everyone says this game is on Sunday. You you would know better than I would from the Ohio side. It seems to be on. So, I mean, that's the plus here. And I got the word. Now, we're going to be up off the floor in that uh, in corner area where you and I usually hang out and uh, pre-interview or whatever. I think we're, we're up there someplace. But I've also been told since we're not on the floor – if we'd been on the floor, I was told we were going to have to get, like, the, the face shields. We're going to have to be like, like what I use when I'm chainsawing uh, at home. Um, but I think I think since we're up higher, we're going to just put a mask only. So. 
Yeah, mask only, and uh, I think you're going to be using where I would have connected uh, to do my pregame show. Uh, I think you're using my tag. Okay, so, so you're uh, going to have to go someplace else. Uh, and you'll no, be no. Ejected out in the uh, hallway. Or I, I've actually, um, I have actually, you know, since there's not that much room up there, uh, I gracefully mm-hmm. bowed out to allow uh, more room. So, because okay. I can, yeah, I can, I can do my pre and post game show here and get everything I need. So, um, for the guys who have to have to be there, right, what have you. Um, you know, it's uh, it's easier, and because there's really not that much room, and Marshall's take, yeah, I mean, as everyone is uh, taking it very seriously, there's just not that much room, uh, and it's going to be a different atmosphere. Usually, an Ohio Marshall matchup, there'd be a huge crowd, lots of media, both sides. Not going to be the case for this one. It's going to be really strange because usually, you know, if Marshall will play someone in Conference USA on the road, maybe you might see that kind of uh, lack of a crowd. Usually, with Marshall Ohio, uh, there's interest no matter what. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's always one of the best games of December. It was, it was weird. I mean, we played a hermetically sealed game, I said yesterday, with a, with a hastily scheduled Division II opponent. But it was weird because, again, we, we, it was not televised. We didn't have student crew to even run, like, basic three or four cameras. So it was uh, Russ and I, two of us doing radio. Uh, one uh, student reporter from WOUB, the student, you know, TV and whatnot. Um, on, the, on the fan side, it's, it's friends and family. Obviously, there's a pass list, but... No more than 20, 25 people, um, obviously midweek during the workday. So it was what you call uh, county fans. Like, they're the very core 30 or 40 people that would you know, go on a bus trip to watch your team play. It was a few of those and the, a few parents. Um, you know, cardboard cutouts, like 50 of those, various focus spaces and uh, heads in one, uh, one end zone area above the floor. Uh, a lot of banners. I've seen a lot of technology being deployed in vinyl banners now. It's basically like every stadium is like the Pirates, and they were terrible, just covered vinyl because the seats aren't sold, except now it's like every college state. And apparently someone's just mass-producing for IMG these banners or whatnot, because I saw the same thing at uh, Arizona State last night. It's these massive, but on the same template, banners covering seats uh, for whatever advertisers we still make it to. So it's it's interesting to watch this thing develop. You know, the players down below, they're sitting on essentially like uh, office chairs or folding chairs spaced out. There's not really a bench. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's odd. It's really, really, really just an odd experience. It reminds me, uh, for you professional wrestling fans, when the AWA was about to go out of business and they started shooting studio wrestling with no fans in a giant pink TV studio uh, with just no one there. And that's kind of what, uh, what it feels like. It's very strange. Sort of like what the WWE is uh, doing now. They have the video walls uh, surrounding. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah they, that, they, that would be I would love to see it, that. It, it looks busy. But if you go to, like, YouTube and Google, like, AWA pink room matches, yeah. any of the stuff from, like, when they were about to quit, and it was just, it was humiliating. And, uh, but it reminds me of, like, the pink workout room that used to be next to the hotel downtown in Huntington. That's a whole other story. You ever, you, ever, you ever in there? The fitness center for the, uh, the old Pullman? All the, I don't know where the word, what happened, but the Nautilus machines, they were all, like, pink powder coat. I don't know if they got it from, like, a, a women's fitness studio or something, but for years, if you stayed there... And then got the key to go to the other building, go to the gym. It was like pink workout equipment. It was kind of like when they do, you know, the, the uh, visiting locker room in Iowa football. Same deal. Pink everything was very good. You know, we should have made that Kelly Green. Come on, I mean, come on, right? No, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I was just so confused year after year. Don't worry, that that, that happens a lot here. Rob Cornelius joining us, uh, Ohio Radio Network, coming in on Sunday. Heard taking on the Bobcats, and uh, we've talked about Jason Preston. Uh, if he's number one, is Dwight Wilson the third, the number two guy on this team? He's uh, averaging over 14 a contest. He's almost bringing down 10 rebounds a game. He's definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with. 
and what it, he he's he's just a big athletic kid. He's offended by every rebound he doesn't get. He played at James Madison. Um, he's essentially a senior transfer. He's here for one year, um, and he played on teams that frankly weren't very good. Got their coach got their coach fired, but he was pretty much consistently just a double double machine. But a guy they didn't really run the offense to. He basically gave you nine and nine every night. He was just like putbacks, 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 and he's high effort and he's high motor. He's not had a foul problem yet. That'll be my, my, my issue. Like against teams can play a lot, uh, a lot of speed. Right now he's he's fifth in the nation in offensive rebounder percentage. That means if, if the ball comes down, there's a 22 percent chance he's going to get it. That's really really good. Um, so that's what he does. Is he's going to get putbacks? In reality, Ben Vanderplas is probably the number two option. Um, junior Wisconsin came with Saul Phillips and, and, and that group, but is six eight, but can do pretty much anything. Like you know, he can be a he can be a catch and shoot three pointer guy, but he's also very effective um, post player. He's very much a technician. His dad dad played some pro ball, so he has really really good experience. Very very mature kid. He's going to graduate early. Uh, beyond that, London McDay is kind of defensive stopper sophomore who was on the top freshman in the MAC last year. Um, he'll start. Ben Roderick has been missing yesterday. He was uh, one of the better freshmen for Ohio last year, catch-and-shoot um, two-guard. Um, a little knee tweak a couple games back, so we'll see. I, I think he's back for Sunday. I certainly hope so. Uh, post-game, he was having some pizza. He's going to be walking around pretty normally. But um, Vanderplas is, is, is this kind of guy. He's like Preston. He can give you stats in like three or four of the columns. Like as a fantasy player, you love him. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out now, since he doesn't have to be – it's very weird. Like he's more of a perimeter player because of Ohio's lack of depth and size the last few years. He's played a lot of four and five. This year, BVP is never going to defend a five again. So it's going to change his place on the floor and, and what he does at both ends. But he is offensively one of the most skilled players in in the MAC. I mean, Wally Zerbiak's probably a bit too much of a comparison, but he's just technically proficient. Has the pro dad. Doesn't make mistakes. Is just really smart. He's really, really just a great clubhouse guy. He's he's one one of our favorites. One of our favorite guys who've been around you know this team the last several years. So I think if there if there's a second jersey you buy for for your kids or whatever from Ohio, it's Preston and BVP right now. You know McDay is going to grow up and be essentially a four year starter and be really good and be really important in this program. But he's he's not the guy yet. Gets his offense a lot the way Wilson does. It's not you don't run as many plays to him. He gets his off off effort and rebounding, getting the ball back. But Ohio's deeper. Um, you know you. Sam Towns, a freshman, six nine. He started yesterday because Roderick didn't, so he's a little bigger. We mentioned Wilson and Rife Miguel, the the JUCO uh, power forward. So you just added basically three guys who play who are six eight, six eight, six nine, and that's that's the difference. You have more guys who are scary getting off the bus. If that makes any sense. Okay, I'll make sure I say this right. Ben Vanderplas. Yes. Plus. Okay. Ben Vanderplas. Yes. Ben Vanderplas. Ben Vanderplas or BVP. I like that. I'm going to use that. Right, BVP's a Caesar. Yeah, BVP's a Caesar. It was funny, yesterday the Purdue school we played had a transfer from Incarnate Word, and I insist on calling Incarnate Word ICW at all times. Um, But that's actually not correct. But it it just, it amuses me. So anytime I can abbreviate to make something easier to say, um, I I go with it. So BVP, and he likes that. He's fine. I don't know if he signs autographs that way yet, but he should. RC from the Ohio Bobcats Radio Network joins us on the program. See what I did there? No, I like that. RC, I like that. yeah, I was, RC, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so you guys are all take the air. Um, don't forget uh, the Bobcats are uh, doing a radio broadcast of this thing as well. And uh, you're we, we we will be we will be. In fact, I think well, I don't want I don't want to advertise on 
on your station. Ruinab, I believe we're on uh, being carried by a WOUB affiliate that's down in your market. So if you want to swap over and grab that, uh, we, we appreciate it. Or the days Marshall's not playing or you guys are running uh, tape programming or something that's not that interesting, feel free to jump on over. We play occasionally, too. But, uh, no, it, 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 it's a good show. Russ Eisenstein and I have a really good time on it. And it's just fun to watch this program be on the upswing. I mean, Jeff Bolick said he had time at Huntington with you guys, I think with Greg White. And Jeff's a year or two older than I am, but we were on campus at the same time, you know, when, when Gary Trent was, was, was working out and Gino Ford and all these guys. So it's good to have a guy who's an alum, who wants to be there, who wants to advance, but, like, wants to be there. It's not going to, you know, just fall out of the plane and the first job that comes calling once this thing gets good. But this thing is improving. It's improving pretty quickly. I think Ohio is, you know, legitimately top two in the league. I mean, everyone picked Bowling Green because they returned the best slate of guys, and the best player in the league for them, uh, Justin Turner, was supposed to transfer. He didn't. He stuck around. So I think it's BG until Ohio beats BG, but Ohio is right there competitive. All the power the strength appears to be in the East, uh, Buffalo, Ohio, um, BG, the West, doesn't appear to be that strong this year. Um, trying to figure out who will be good from there. And Buffalo's already had a couple of hiccups. Again, they still have the talent and pace in the last administration. And NATO it's left behind football in Alabama. But they've had some real head scratchers. Losses to Army and some other teams just didn't make sense on paper. Um, I don't think they're, they're not as good as they were under Oates. So I would say, you know, for right now, um, yeah, Ohio and BG. So this is it. This is the last, uh, unless something gets rescheduled or something gets added, this is the last non-conference game right into the MAC. Yeah, basically. And, I mean, you already had a few MAC teams play league games. Um, as of right now, it's Marshall and then nine days off uh, at Akron, at Miami, uh, the Tuesday before Christmas and the Tuesday after. And then, yeah, and as you said, if this holds, a lot, a lot of the leagues have done, you've essentially expanded or added the conference schedule. You know, um, to keep teams from scheduling a bunch of D2s and nonsense in December, they take they had already planned to take the conference schedule out to 20 games. What's 20 games? We'll see if we play that many. Um, but that's that's what's going on in the MAC. You know, schedule concerns. The MAC's issue has always been you always had three or four teams that scheduled well or could afford to host games, like bring teams in. And the rest of them, and I'll, I'll convict them, especially the directional Michigans and Northern Illinois, all would light up their schedule with two and three and four and five NAIAs or D2s or things that were just uh, humiliating. Like, it's it's one thing to play one or two that way, and you do it for the home gate if you're playing a normal 30-ish game schedule, but you can't just stack up and just, you know, pound Bluefield State or the local equivalent over and over and over again. And that's what's going on up north. Our commissioner kind of wanted to stop that, make the leagues better, make the strength of schedule better, so we've had to do that. Um, you know, we'll see. A year from now, I think scheduling is going to look a lot different. I think what we've done this year everyone's going to learn a lot about scheduling and a lot about money. And uh, a lot of lessons are going to be learned. Good talking to you. We'll do it again soon. Hopefully if the, the Bobcats and Marshall go another uh, round after Sunday, uh, we'll do it all over again. That'd be fun. No, great, man. I will, we will be at Henderson Center, and then once I get out, I'll walk across the footbridge to my car, and I will wave down uh, 3rd Avenue like you're down at the Children's Hospital way down there or whatever and try and see me at the right time, and we'll go from there. Be safe coming in here. Be safe. Um, just um, keep... always am, man. I, I like I like I like going to Huntington again. It's 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 my pseudo home game. It's one of my other homes. I, I you know I claim I live in West Virginia, work in Ohio, but uh, I'm never never unwelcome when I'm in Huntington. You yeah, know. and uh, you'll be sitting probably near Cornwell. So uh, just a heads up. He's fine. He's got he's my seat. Time. I gave him my seat. Hey, he texted earlier. Hugs. <laughs> did he really? <laughs> he did. 
He's so sweet. He's such a good host. <laughs> He's a good guy. He is. He's a. He makes you know, me. He makes me smile every day. So he's a good guy. Uh, gentlemen, keep making good radio and whatnot. Hopefully, we can uh, reconvene this meeting again for another game or postseason, or just when you need me to fill thirty minutes. You know what? Anytime. Um, you know, we might make this a, a, a semi-regular segment. You just hop on and fill for thirty minutes. That'd be riff, excellent. Riff about whatever. You know, I, I, I almost adopted a cat today at a golf course. Really? That could be interesting. Wow. Yeah. Um, no, I had lunch at the golf course in Mason and. Uh, ghost apparently the cat that hangs out the snack bar he wanted to leave with me and the lady was like you can take him he's cool did um you have to get permission on that did you have to call home your permission the wife was actually okay with it she thought he was very cute okay yeah all right we'll we'll talk about the cat next time that'd be excellent done thanks brother we'll talk to you soon thanks sir i will rob cornelius you now you know everything Everything you need to know about Ohio. When we continue, uh, we will uh, we'll talk a little Bengals with you. And I mean very little because there's not much to talk about. But I'm obligated. So we'll continue on with today's edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Guests with Paul Swan appear via the Miller Lite phone lines. Coming up on Sunday, you can listen to it on our sister station, Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. The Dallas Cowboys at the Cincinnati Bengals. Cowboys will come into this one 3-9. The Bengals 2-9-1. Now, I care about this. I'm going to be listening to a little bit of this as uh, we got the Marshall game coming up as well on Sunday on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We go on the air at 1 o'clock. The Bengals kick off at 1 o'clock. So you can listen to a little bit of the Bengals, listen to a little bit of us. I'm, I'm good with it. You can go back and forth. It's okay. But the Cowboys, according to uh, all the metrics, because the NFL and all the national sports outlets love the metrics. According to the metrics, following the loss to the Ravens, the Cowboys have just a 1% chance of making the playoffs. Playoffs? Talking playoff? I mean, 3-9. Come on. No, there's no playoff here. Uh, You will not be making the playoffs. And also, what would have maybe made this game more interesting if Joe Burrow was actually able to play? This would have been Burrow, the new quarterback, versus the old quarterback, Andy Dalton. His first career game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Dalton, for what he might have caused in stress for me with so many interceptions, not all of it was his fault. He does have the most passing touchdowns with the Bengals, 204. The second most wins at 70 and second most yards 31,594 in Bengals franchise history. Let's just say he definitely had a impact on the record books, and it's not all his fault. It's not all his fault the way things ended up for him. So I hope the Bengals win. You know what? I hope he does okay with the Cowboys. I hope he sticks. Or you know, after this season, if he has to go somewhere else, trust me, there are teams that need quarterbacks, and Dalton – could probably fill the void in some of these teams. I'm just not picking him up in fantasy football. No, sir. And I was wise yesterday. Thankfully, I had Cam Newton on fantasy. He's emergencies only because, of course, I have Kyler Murray. 
and Cam had five points in five point thirty six using the Yahoo scoring. If you use Yahoo for your fantasy, so yeah, I'm not picking up Dalton either. I'll roll with Kyler Murray. And there you have it. That's our NFL preview. When we wrap it up, when we continue, uh, we will uh, see what's happening ahead, take some look at uh, scores. We've got a few minutes left here on the show. Thanks for sticking with us here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Never miss a moment of The Drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. A few games in the top 25 to tell you about tonight. Earlier this afternoon, North Texas losing to 11th-ranked West Virginia 62-50. Valiant effort in the first half for North Texas. The Mountaineers remembered they were a top 25 team in the second half, beating North Texas. Coming up tonight, 7 o'clock, it's going to be number 5, Kansas taking on Omaha. 7 o'clock tonight, Nebraska in 8th-ranked Creighton. ninth-ranked Villanova tonight, 7 o'clock against Georgetown. And Iowa State facing off against 3rd-ranked Iowa. Again, that's coming up tonight, 9 o'clock. That's your top 25. Marshall, of course, performing against Ohio on Sunday in Conference USA. Uh, there's one other Conference USA game to tell you about. It's at halftime right now, and it's Charlotte, the basketball team, taking on Appalachian State. That would have been a good football game, actually. Charlotte, right now at halftime, leading Appalachian State 33-24. to So that's what it looks like in Conference USA for tomorrow. A few games in Conference USA. South Alabama will face off against Southern Miss. UAB's got East Tennessee State to contend with. Old Dominion's got VCU to deal with. Uh, Middle Tennessee's taking on a team I know nothing about, Covenant. That's all I know about them. They're playing a team named Covenant. FIU in North Florida tomorrow in conference action. Well, outside of conference action. You get all the Florida schools mixed up. You got North, East, West, South. You see where I'm going with that. UTEP's got Arizona, Louisiana Tech, and Louisiana. And uh, that's it for Conference USA basketball action on a Saturday. And that's going to do it for this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We're going to be back at it on Sunday. Looking forward to it. The Herd taking on the Bobcat. 2 o'clock is going to be the tip. That means we'll go on the air at 1 o'clock. I'm looking forward to it. We'll have our basketball preview with comments from Dan D'Antoni. We've got Jared West for the show on Sunday. So that's all coming up. Keep it locked right here, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.